You know, I just I went to a uh, I went to a book, I guess a book launch party last night. I don't know, not really, uh, but it's a a new book that I bought while I was there and started reading, and it's really good. And uh, but it's made me start thinking about like now how I I love to read books. Like I just find books that look interesting and I read them, and it's all good. But I in high school I had such a hard time like just reading books because everything was assigned and I hated most of it. Like I remember we had to read the Scarlet Letter and I honestly don't remember whether I finished it or not. I very highly doubt that I did because I just, I hated that book so much and I couldn't relate to it and I didn't know why we were reading it, you know, (laughs) but and I still don't know why. Why do high school students have to read the Scarlet Letter? Like we're not. Do they even read the Scarlet Letter anymore? I, I, mean, I don't remember not. reading it. Oh, lucky! I, I don't I think I had did. to read it, but I mean, I watched Easy A. I, I've never seen. Is that no, based on? Is I've never that? seen that. Oh, it's 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 fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the only knowledge I have with the Scarlet Letter. And I think oh. they give you like a two minute summary of the entire book and whatever movies they made within the movie. So it would have been great to have, Cheryl, when you had to read it in high school. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the Notes version that I needed at that time. So I guess it should be on my list. My name's Elisa Gonzalez, and I have not seen Easy A. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I had seen Easy A. I'm Bethany Brinton, and I have seen Easy A many times. I'm Cheryl Jones, and I have not seen Easy A. And I'm Joe Myers. I have also not seen Easy A. And this is It's On My List. I'm curious to hear what you guys thought about this movie. <laughs> so I'm going to fully and freely admit that this was just absolutely a selfish choice on my part. Well, but look, I mean, true to the spirit of the me. okay, Cheryl gets car. Wash, but true to the spirit of the podcast, this is one of those movies where, like, if I find out you haven't seen it, I, I'll just like throw my Blu-ray copy at you, and like that's your homework immediately. So, no pun intended, but. I have to say, going into it, uh, I did have to read The Scarlet Letter in school, and I did not enjoy it. Uh, I have not watched any of the films that they reference in this film, but Uh I did enjoy this movie. I thought it was a fairly solid high school film, even though everyone in it's like, you know, nearing their 30s. (laughs) (laughs) But they make a joke about it, so it's okay. They did. I had to keep checking in with Joe. I'm like, this is high Is this junior college or I was so baffled I just, oh, yeah. I just rolled with it I it was fine with me and yeah I enjoyed it uh I don't I, I don't know that I would ever need to watch it again but it was very enjoyable for a one-time watch yay I, I, Cheryl didn't this, hate it that was my goal <laughs> this is uh only my second time watching it ever and I had mostly forgotten kind of the last 
bit of the movie, like the second half. Okay. Uh, and I, but I, as it was happening, it kept coming back to me. I went, oh, right. And then this character does this and that happens over there. And I think the first time that I watched it, which was not in theaters, but shortly after it came out on to DVD, uh, I was, I think I didn't like it more then than now, if that makes any sense. <laughs> If only because at that time I was more into the 80s romantic comedies that they're referencing. Okay. And it kind of bothered me that this movie was kind of trying to coast off of that energy, kind of trying to be like, <laughs> hey, remember those? We're trying to make a new one, well, and here it is. And but I that's, was, yeah. But what I really loved was that, you know, there's a point early in the film where it's Olive, right? The main yeah. character. Yes. That where she basically lays out how she wants her story to be told, just like a John Hughes movie with a pointless musical number. And, you know, the guy who's there at the end for her and all this. And she lays all that out. And then as you get toward the end of the movie, every single one of those things happens exactly the way she wanted it. So it's literally just saying, I want it to be like a John Hughes movie. And here we've made this movie like a John Hughes movie with this John Hughes wrap up. And I thought that was really fun and clever. And, you know, I, I, that's part of what I enjoyed most about the movie was that, Oh, look, she said it and then it did it. And that's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I definitely see it as like a, like, I think because it's so overt. Yeah. It, uh, the fact that like Cheryl said, the fact that they like address it, she's like, Oh yeah, I want, I want it to be like this movie and this one they show and the this clips. one. And then that's what they yeah. show the clips. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and actually, I, I listened to the... I have the Blu-ray, again. I listened to the director. <laughs> it's a commentary by uh, the director and Emma Stone the whole time. And, like, I wouldn't recommend it unless you've seen this, like, a bunch of times. Because, again, they talk over the whole movie. But it's... And none of that was, like, gave a super big window into, I don't know, like, meaning behind anything. I think that's that would... You would have to talk to, like, the, the screen... Uh, the script writer for that, for sure. But it was it was definitely fun to kind of hear their back and forth and their relationship uh, just kind of in in shooting the movie, um, mainly because they kept bringing up that they would just yell at each other the whole time <laughs> and like like jokingly yelling at each other. But he's like, yeah, go go Google it right now. There's a picture of us on set where we're both just like mid scream at each other. And it's all like jokey and over the top and ridiculous. <laughs> it's I think that sort of energy and like that sort of sarcasm and like ridiculousness just like permeates the whole movie which yeah, is one of the reasons I like it so much <laughs> yeah it's definitely a movie that does not take itself seriously at all yes and I think I think that's why I like it yeah because if if it was like oh we're gonna try to be John Hughes and then they like did the lawnmower thing and like the musical number without mentioning it at all right or without the like narration uh going through it it would be it would be odd and like overhanded and cheesy I think but um yeah. I, and I yeah, think also, that's why now yeah. coming at it I don't I, that doesn't bother me like it did the first time I watched it because yeah. the way that it is presenting itself is not like it's trying to take the place or say here's the new John Hughes it's yeah. saying we love that so much and we want to show you a character who loves that so much and here she is just having her own zany adventure through high school Yeah, and it's kind of you know it's not trying to be one of those movies. It just it's using that as kind of its its basis and its its tone to kind of say yeah, we're right. just going to be uh even though it has like 
you know, seeming like a, a darkness to it because of what's some of the actions of the characters. Yeah. It's a light, fun movie. In the end, it's going to be light and fun, and everyone's going to turn out fine. Right. Like well, you mentioned the movie. script. Yeah. It, uh, Bert V. Royal wrote this as his first feature film script. And normally I have issues with what I consider like Gilmore Girls dialogue, where it's just all quick and snappy and just wow, they always yeah. have a comeback for well, it. Call me out, Joe. There, there was a, a little <laughs> bit of that here, but it didn't bother me because I genuinely liked most of the characters in this movie. Yes. Yes. So it, it mm-hmm. worked for me. And I, I, I did think like I didn't know exactly when this film came out. Uh, but it was 2010. 2010, so it is kind of like a great snapshot of that like late 2000s era. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and Penn uh, Badgley, uh, yeah. who played Woodchuck Todd, was on Gossip Girl, and they make a couple of Gossip Girl jokes in the film. Oh yeah, the line which As, apparently uh, I found out was uh, Emma Stone just improved it. Uh, she oh, said yeah. only it was some someone was saying something to her and she said only if I'm a gossip girl from Sweet Valley with traveling pants yes <laughs> yes. What a combo. yes I thought that was funny yeah oh man this movie does make me want to go to Ohio though <laughs> well, and it's, oh, yeah, all, they, and and was, it's all shot there like every yeah. yes bit they filmed everything on set or on on Ohio rather yeah which is yeah, speaking it, to the script uh, this was a blacklist script in 2008 I believe um, which is kind of, if, if anybody listening doesn't know what Blacklist is, um, it's a, I think now it's become a yearly list of like the top scripts in Hollywood that are being passed around that haven't been bought yet, I believe. Or it's basically the scripts that most people are talking about that aren't like another Avengers movie. <laughs> they're they're uh, original <laughs> stories and scripts and screenplays yeah, I that, think of, that people are excited about. I think of the Blacklist scripts, the ones that that make it are they're like a little edgy they have something that yeah. makes them stand out in a way where it's like oh that would be shocking to see in a movie but you know when they get made they kind of get sanded down but they're they are generally like like you said they're not an avengers they're not a big budget blockbustery thing it's kind yeah, of like a, yeah. like a character piece or but with humor they they usually have a bit of humor to them i love um and actually, this this was something I did catch from the commentary. But a, I love Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson as Absolutely. her parents. Like, yes, it's it's ridiculous. And and they were talking about it going on, or, or when when they were on set, and kind of they had to they had to tell them a couple of jokes to say. Where like that Stanley and, and Patricia had no idea why it was funny or why it was a punchline. He's like, just say this. He's like, okay, fine, whatever. But the way that both of her parents behave absolutely informs Olive as a character. Like, you can see why she is the way that she is from the way that her parents are. And I thought that was really great, because a lot of times, especially in these sort of movies, like, I mean, Mean Girls comes to mind, or just things like that, where where the parents are either there to be, like, dolts and just, like, jokey and like, oh, I ran into the wall again, oh, no. Um, (laughs) Or or they're or they're not really in it and like you you don't kind of get any sort of connection as to why like 
this high schooler who assumedly is living at home uh, is is making the choices he or she is making. <laughs> right. And so every scene with them, first of all, I just want them to be my parents. Like they sound well, so I'm, fun. Gosh, so do I. I was like, her her, pa- her parents were my absolute favorite part of the movie. Yes. Just yes. those scenes yes. at yes. home when, and with her with her little you know her little brother there, <laughs> taking it all in. I just so many part of the whole movie. movie. <laughs> oh. I think that was in the trailer. I think I remember seeing that and that got me to go see this movie. There is just no one more adorable than Stanley Tucci. Like he is just Mm. everything. (laughs) <laughs> he's, and he's great in in dad mode here. Like that's oh, yeah. a, oh yes. that's a Stanley Tucci yeah, we don't get to He's see like he's right. like villain mode, or he's like nice husband mode. But yeah, dad yeah. Tucci is uh, is, like is top nice, tier Tucci. Nice husband Tucci because that's kind of like uh, when he does. I don't know. Drama. I was thinking of Julie and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he does like a drama or a dramedy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my other favorite moment with the parents is when uh, Rosemary's talking to Olive and she's like, you know, I do love your father, but he's like, you know, a little too straight sometimes. Too straight. And then you have a scene a little bit later with Dill being like, like, I, I you know, I've met, we all do it. We all like have our fun and experiment. I experimented. <laughs> no no yeah because she's like yeah he's a little too straight if you know what i mean i was like i don't (laughs) oh my god so many good lines and and yeah and the fact that like rosemary dylan olive i don't i don't remember what rosemary dill olive and the the son's name is chip chip okay (laughs) (laughs) the food family i think the the Um, older brother in college is named kale i read that kale yes kale how funny <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and like the the other nice thing about it, it, like the having the parents in the movie so much i think having them have so many scenes together be like oh why aren't they more invested in what's going on why aren't they telling her to stop and blah 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 and it's kind of the thing where like those parents would let her make these decisions and make her own mistakes because they know she's smart they know she's not yeah. stupid she might be acting a little rashly or whatever and then <laughs> the moment where she's like we've noticed you've been dressing like a stripper lately a high-end stripper <laughs> for senators or athletes yeah. um, <laughs> but so they they know something's going on but they 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 want to kind of let her make whatever mistakes or or decisions she's going to make and figure it out on her own like, and, like, like you shouldn't do a b or c like and you know they're there for her if she needs them right but yes yes so they're they're there they're involved and invested but yeah they give her the autonomy to do what she wants well there's at least that like like three or four times where they i think they flat out say do we need to talk about this right yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so they are constantly checking in with her Mm -hmm. yeah there's a very open relationship yeah parenting goals Right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Somehow I don't see you and Alex on the hood of a car recounting. No. Flexible <laughs> well, I just to freak her out. Mom. Just to freak her out. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about, so part of the, the 2010-ness of this movie is <laughs> very that 2010. Uh, the narrative structure is that Olive is recounting the entire story over a, as she calls it later, a webcast. Yes. I mean, like a live stream is what mm. I think we would call it now. Yes. Uh, to tell her story and what the, the truth was, uh, <laughs> which by the end of the movie, you get to her showing how she set that up to even get people to watch such a thing. Right. Which is kind of funny. But yes. yeah, the, the, the way of making it so that 
what she's narrating actually makes sense and it isn't just like empty narration. Yeah, it's yeah. not just floating there. Narr- yeah, I, I mean, and I think this movie or watching this again uh, made me realize that uh, I have a problem and I need to admit it. And my problem <laughs> is that all my favorite films have first person character narration. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Rat- about saying that at the beginning because I was... Ratatouille, <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, Easy A. I mean, at this point, just like knock them off the wall and like I probably enjoy it if there's a character talking to you, so... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it's done well. I don't know. It's it's like it. Uh, yeah, it's it's like Andrew said. Like they they have a, a kind of workabout way of doing it. And one of my favorite moments is at the very beginning when she's talking, giving you vo, and you're you're swooping through the high school, and the can the camera centers on like this girl just kind of like strutting down, and like she's very popular, and you think, oh, like this could be the the voice that we're hearing, um, and then Olive just like falls into frame right mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's what's... so it, it's kind of like the the tongue-in-cheekness of all of those john hughes movies and all of those classic 80s teen rom-coms for sure yeah and i've got to say kiss, I think bang bang is... is your other one that oh yeah made me think about uh, the, <laughs> the voiceover <laughs> i know I, I forgot me. all about I need that. A, I need a like uh, I need to wear a, a T-shirt that says like I'm Bethany and I like movies with voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. Did you watch all the way to the end of the credits for the moan at the end? No, I missed that. For the what? <laughs> the moan what? at the end. I might have seen that once, but I forgot about it actually. <laughs> when, when there's a scene in in the bedroom and everybody thinks yeah. she's taken, this is the first one, right? When she takes her friend who's gay into the bedroom because he wants her to like make it sound seem like they've had sex, so people will stop, you know, getting all over him about that, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so she's trying to get in the moan, and he's like just doing a terrible job of it, right? And she's like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" And at the very end of the credits, like at, at, when it just shows like the studio, whatever it was. Uh, you get one more of those really awful moans. They did. They did break the uh, break the bed during that scene, or they, they broke it and then they had to reinforce it. Um, well, I was wondering. And apparently, she had, had an asthma attack <laughs> while they were shooting, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that scene is also very, very funny. Yeah. Very funny. I can smell it. What? No. <laughs> what? I'm going to be walking funny tomorrow. What? I'm drunk, bitches. What's up? <laughs> I think this is the first Amanda Bynes anything I've seen, and I'm only vaguely aware of her because of like personal <laughs> stuff going on with her. But I yeah, really did right. enjoy her as Marianne, like super Christian. Yeah. I don't think she'd ever been like the the bad girl until this point. She was always like the the lead. she was the olive. She was the lead. And I think this was actually her last movie before she stopped acting for whatever reason. <laughs> but yes. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, she was really good in that role. Oh yeah. Yeah, is she I mean, it, it, this is kind of, you know, her character is, you know, the villain kind of, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like the instigation villain because yeah, because at the very beginning yeah yeah at the very beginning Olive just lies to her best friend and then she overhears it and then she tells everyone like that she's a slut and then that's kind of what gets the ball rolling with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be very clear here. Lisa Kudrow's character 
is the villain of this piece. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, man. Her, every scene with her is fantastic, but when she's just like <laughs> saying, I, I guess we're keeping this clean, but saying two curse words over and over again. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I and, already, then, and then the, yeah. I already dislike guidance counselors very much because of my own high school experience. So anytime <laughs> they're in a movie, I just hate them anyway. And when she showed up, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll finally like a guidance counselor character. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. Nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church was fantastic. Oh, oh he, he was, was great. great. I loved him. But yes, and then and then Kudrow's scene at the end where she's she's like, oh, I'm I'm going to lie and say that it was you and nobody's going to believe you and ha ha ha. And like her, her evil it's little smirk. smile. Oh. oh, man. So fantastic. What is, what is that line? They have her repeat. She like repeats a line over and over. It's like, who who would who would they believe? Who would they believe? Who would they, oh, they, yes. right. And <laughs> who the way they that she says it just enough times where then she says it one more time where Emma's like, you could tell it's like the way that Olive is taking it at first is like, they're going to believe me and then they're not going to believe me. Yep. And then they are going to believe me because you're crazy. It's like she just <laughs> she goes one step yes. too far where it's like, you are pushing this too hard. So I think I can I can get someone to believe me. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And then she she sprints toward the toward Thomas Hayden Church's office and just like blurts it out and just immediately is like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably like the worst moment. That and like maybe when she's outside of the the lobster shack or whatever are like the two like most gut wrenching uh, moments yes. for me in this movie. Yeah, I am happy though uh, about that scene with her and Mr. Griffith because when she's doing her voiceover narration and dropped the little thing of like, yeah, I really did end a marriage. Right. I was like, yeah. oh god, I hope that character is not going to come <laughs> on to her. Be- oh, God, please don't let that happen. Oh, no. That's so exactly I was very happy it didn't expected. go that way. Yeah. yeah. I think and yeah, actually, the movie knows that. Like, it does that in you know, yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It wants to make you think, like, oh, that's what would normally happen in this kind of movie, and it's really gross and creepy, but, you know, that yeah, and then it flips it. So, uh, yeah, I quite like that, too, because I, I really liked him, and I didn't want him to become that kind of character you know yeah for sure when i i had actually weirdly um maybe about a month ago i watched election for the first time mm. which i had never seen yeah i haven't seen and, that either and i i, I don't want to give it away for anyone but it was not the movie that i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah and it and i i guess going into it if you if you if you watch EZA and you hear that line you're like oh is this gonna be like that and this is kind of weird or whatever but I think, yeah, I think Election surprised me in a bad way <laughs> where I didn't like what the movie ended up being and then EZA kind of surprises you in, in, I don't know, in my opinion, in a good way where the, the more you go along, you kind of get a sense of her character and you're like, oh, there's no way that this would ever happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I worried when she walked into his office after having the, the confrontation with his wife, the guidance counselor, and then when she walked in to tell him, I was concerned about what was going to transpire there. That if she was going to ah, okay. like go out of character a little bit and and try to you know do something to get even with her, but other than just tell him, you know. So I was very relieved in the end that all she did was tell him, and then she felt bad about having done that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the other gross adult in this is Fred Armisen's pastor, who we find yes. out the dad yeah. of Marianne. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I, didn't I know think that was the most subdued Armisen performance yes. I've ever yeah. seen. I'm like, you could have gotten any actor to do this, but like the fact that it's Fred Armisen just like doing a straight faced priest is like it makes it even funnier. I think. Yes. And then like the look on the the 
skeevy look on his face when he's watching the live stream <laughs> expecting the watching quote unquote the sex show. And I'm like, oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Well, and actually, uh, uh, one other thing I learned on the, the commentary, which I'm, I'd like to think I would have caught it on this viewing, um, but there's a quick montage kind of once she's in her scheme of her talking to different like boys that are trying to bribe her with gift cards to say they did X, Y, and Z. And she mentions their names. She's like, so-and-so said we could do this and gave me a Home Depot gift card. And two of the names she mentions are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. You know, I (laughs) thought I heard Chris Miller. Who are, I think they're friends, they're friends of the director. And so I think actually every one of those names are his like producer and director, (laughs) comedic director friends around Hollywood. And so, yes, of course, now Phil Lord and Miller of, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Spider Verse and Lego Movie fame. <laughs> How funny! A- among with along among with many 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 other fantastic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> the other person I didn't know was in this that was quite a surprise, even though his character was also a jerk, was uh, Malcolm McDowell's the principal. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh! <laughs> I, I love him in almost anything he does, yes. and in this, oh. I really was hoping he was going to be like the nice guy principal, and he was like every principal I've ever had to deal with in my past. <laughs> I think he was, in terms of this movie, I think his character was actually fairly even keeled. <laughs> when he's like, "This yes. is public school. If I can keep the oh, girls yeah, has, off the pole yeah. and the boys off the pipe." <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. He said, if I keep the girls off the pole and the boys off the pipe, I get a bonus. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, oh, my God. Uh, and I do enjoy that the uh, when Olive and, oh, what is his name? Brandon are in detention. Mm. And Brandon says, oh, well, you know, uh, he's homophobic because I, I called him a fascist or something. Like, he has yes. a way of saying it where I'm like. Yeah, that checks. All that checks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, that makes sense. I also love that she's doing, and I think this was even before she kind of went full tilt into her, her wardrobe change, but she's like mopping the gym floor in like giant wedges. I'm like, that yeah. does not look comfortable. <laughs> yeah, nothing that she was wearing Slippers. was right for what she I was think- doing. I think they said she only wiped out once because she actually does run a lot in her like high heels. And there was like what, when she was going from church to church, she like took a spill on one of the sidewalks. Oh, like, geez. oh, man, Definitely she dropped her, her purse and it looked like an orange came flying out. <laughs> um, it was really there's funny. an orange. There's an orange in every single scene. For oh. no apparent reason other than the director wanted to be artsy. <laughs> it's not like Godfather style. Right. <laughs> no, he. I, what did he say? He's like, oh, you know, I didn't go to film school, so I felt like I had to do something. <laughs> he just puts oranges in every... I'm like, there's no higher meaning. There's, nope, there's just oranges in every scene. I did not notice. Now I want to rewatch for the oranges. Yeah, rewatch it. Look for it. You'll yeah. find there it. is a reason to watch it again. I only saw <laughs> it when she dropped that the purse. Makes sense. I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't even notice the orange then, so... Hey, we'll be back with more It's On My List in a moment. Hey, folks, this is Joe Myers. When I'm not waxing poetic about classic and cult films that I should have watched ages ago, you can hear me talk all things horror on the podcast Macabre with my fellow co-hosts, Chris Duck and Jenny Duquette. Join us each week for horror-related news, movie and show reviews, film franchise focuses director and actor spotlights and much more 
Podcast Macabre is available via our website, our Libsyn hosting site, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify with new episodes available every Monday. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com and follow our social media accounts on Facebook and under at Podcast Macabre on Twitter and Instagram. So, bright friends, please subscribe to, rate, and review the show. And remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in it. Hey, if you'd like to hear more like bits from the cutting room floor, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash it's on my list pod. Thanks. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard Waz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic from beyond? Oh, no. Not yet. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remakes, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk about Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. I did have a little bit of fun uh, reading through the one-star reviews on Amazon. Oh. Uh, oh, no. I don't know what made me do that, but <laughs> some of them were, of course, the people saying the movie is anti-Christian. Uh, ah. Which, no, it's really not. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's just anti-bad Christian. And uh, and then a lot of people just completely missed the point of it purposefully being oh, like I a John Hughes movie. Yeah, like they just were like, oh, it was just a John Hughes ripoff or, yeah. you know, or, oh, none of this was realistic. And why did it have this musical number and why did I'm like, because she literally told you it was going to. That's why you were you, just, you listening. Yes, you didn't pay any attention. That's so those were funny. Yeah, I read a review, kind of the same thing. He, he basically was uh, railing against the fact that it references all these other movies that he thinks are far superior to this. And shock of shocks, he really had issue with uh, Olive like being in control of her own sort of sexuality stuff <laughs> near the oh, end no. there. And I, I was just like, hmm, I think this review says more about you than it does the movie. Buddy. I think right. you've missed the point. <laughs> I love, well, and and that's, I guess, one of the other things I really like about this movie. And and you can kind of see the whole, I don't know, the whole structure of it in the scene it, right after she pretends to have sex with Brandon, her gay friend. Because he's doing it and all these guys are doing it so that they gain status, so that they right. can be respected by people and not be put down for being gay or a nerd or a virgin or any of these things. And as soon as she walks out that door, all the girls are looking at her like, oh my gosh, you're awful. Girls and maybe some of the guys, but the guys are basically high-fiving Brandon right. and looking at her like she's horrific and oh my gosh, how would you ever do this thing? And it's just like the the amazing dichotomy of that <laughs> throughout the whole film. Right. Coupled with the, uh, the I love that her, her payments get weirder and weirder. <laughs> like the <laughs> yes. art film coupon, the, the 15 cents off Bath and Body Works coupon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which well, she uses, the, of course. But. Yeah, the, the art, the art film that she goes to see, which she says the title of, and I will not attempt to say right now, is German, German. for the Scarlet Letter. Oh. Scarlet Letter. <laughs> I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe there is a German version of Scarlet Letter. I believe they just wanted to have a fun little right. reference there. 
again. Right, that's and there's the other film on the marquee is Vamos por las Chicas, which is the Italian or Latin American title for uh, Will Gluck, the director's other movie, Fired Up. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. How clever. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the notes I made that I thought that, uh, like, I thought the dialogue was very snappy and clever, and this was just a film with a sweet, it was a sweet film with a good heart and lovely visuals. Because it does, it looks lovely throughout. Like it's just a, yeah. a very nice looking movie, uh, and part of it is that Ojai setting, I guess. But I've only been to Ojai once for a pirate festival. I don't really, I didn't see much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Saw but the, the pirates. Yeah, it was, there was a lake. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a very nice looking film. Which is, I mean, I like. I mean, I, I feel the the same way, and I like that. I think it's funny that a, a movie about a girl pretending to have sex with people is like so sweet. <laughs> yes, yes, but it is. And, and so nice. I mean, she's doing all of them a nice favor, right? She's helping them out, yes. even if it does go a little haywire, but you know, she's kind of putting herself on the line and destroying mm -hmm. her reputation, you know, uh, to help them. I like and, the one the one guy who who I think he was the second guy at the pool the, that, uh, that, yeah, yeah the, the guy yeah. at the pool and you know and he she refuses and then and then she goes back and because he was so you know dejected and she said you know if if you would have just were you know straightforward with me I would have yeah. gone out yep. with you yeah if you would have <laughs> just asked me out yeah yep. and he's like really right. and she's like not now I forgot what she called him but uh, <laughs> yes that was one of the biggest laughs because that's so true I mean even yeah he's he's still a jerk <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, and at the end he gets his comeuppance. But yeah, that's also yeah, one yeah. of the the other things. At the very end, when she thinks she's being asked out on a date by by that guy, she's like genuinely excited and like happy and like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all goes downhill from there. But it's it's that thing of like that's not really what you want or like or it's right. that's that's not the end goal of like what these interactions are supposed to be. <laughs> right. Uh, the other sort of twisty thing, not really a twist, but we learned a little bit later, is that she's always had a thing for Todd. And when they were little kids, they were spending seven minutes in heaven. She wanted to kiss Todd, but Todd didn't want to kiss her. But she agreed to say they kiss when they went out. So this right. was like kind of a, a people pleasing personality trait she had from like a young age on. So it's not yes. like this big shock of a thing outside of her character that she would do this mm -hmm. in high school I, I really right. did like that and I loved all the scenes with the two of them together it's one of my only yeah. complaints is I wish yeah. he had been in the movie a little bit more <laughs> yeah well, and and I love that and I love it at the at the end when she's like a wreck and he's driving her home and I think he says something like oh like should we kiss and she's like I want to but not now right. <laughs> or something like we're like in a traditional romp I'm like oh yes that would be the moment and it would start raining and it would be gorgeous and beautiful but she's just like I'm just a wreck right now and then as she's leaving she's like why do you like me now and he's just like I don't know but I'm not going to overanalyze it like you're about to she's oh like, I love that line <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just so, and, and like, I know it's a movie and like all the dialogue is heightened, but that stuff just feels so like comedically like tension breaking that it feels more like true to life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah, I'm just sitting here like thinking about that more and like, because her behavior goes back to her parents. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there is like a, a bit of a, 
needing a little bit more uh, interaction from them in this, you know, instead of just leaving her to, oh, we trust you, you know, maybe growing up she would have needed a little bit more of something, not to have that people-pleasing personality, but mm-hmm. eh. it's outside, oh, the other the, thing. outside the scope of the movie, I guess. Yeah, and that kind of hit me a little bit, too, until I realized, like, the, the whole span of this movie takes place in, like, two weeks. Right. So yeah, I can see where convinced. things can get out of control a little bit, the where, you know, parents, sure. even though they are checking in on her, it, it might kind of steamroll a little bit before the scene with Rosemary and Olive at the car, where I took yeah. that to be, like, right. her finally grabbing her daughter to have one-on-one time to make sure she really is okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. By that point, she's also lost... Um, you know, the support of her best friend. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, it's, um, I was annoyed by her pretty much. Yes, <laughs> she's a horrible oh, best friend. Yeah, she's not a good friend. Yeah. Well, and that was, that was one of the things I also found interesting is like her, what you think is going to be like her right-hand man at the opening is just not great and was kind of the instigation for, for her mm-hmm. telling that initial lie. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's her realizing like, no, she's not a great person, like at least in this respect or whatever. But then at the very end when she's doing her, her whole, web stream thing uh she she does send her a text that just says i'm sorry i lied like yeah even though you know you she hasn't been the greatest person to her like you still did lie to her you still kind of did go on this thing you strung her along like it, uh, violence does not beget violence <laughs> yeah because she does when they have that first conversation in the restroom like she flat out says like no nothing happened and reed just keeps going sure it did you're just not telling me so she does. She is the one that kind of pushed her into all of this. <laughs> yeah, heard of a sexy George. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then even when uh, it thinks the lies keep building, and and the wasn't it after she pretends to have sex with Brandon, uh, her friend comes over and is like, "Oh, so now you're just like a loose woman now." Like she just yeah. Now she shames her for and, yeah. and she was the one who wanted to hear all the stories and thought, "Oh, you know, we should all be having sex," and then now that it appears that that's happening. She doesn't like her friend anymore. It's kind of like, yeah, that's not, that's not great. I, I didn't. Yeah. I no, was glad when she kind of dropped out of the movie. I was like, okay, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not a good person, not a good friend, but yeah. it, but again, that brings me back to, okay, well, there's a lot of stuff with Olive then that that's the kind of friend she has. And these are the, this is the way that she behaves and, pleasing people and that she yeah have people this kind of for sure friend like that that takes advantage of her and steamrolls her and but that would come back to her family but i don't know again it the movie doesn't go into that it doesn't show us quite what might have caused that because mm-hmm. why would it why bother but i don't know it just makes me think about that what was it with her parents yeah mm-hmm. perhaps i'm over analyzing now no and i and i think like the the one little flashback we get of like them at the party is like perfect it's not too much it's not too little this would be a great double feature with book smart oh yeah wow i actually didn't think about that that's another movie that i only saw uh for the first time pretty recently yeah i still haven't seen it it's on my i mean i think my list in the oh, yeah. in the range of um, you know like if you want to do an Emma Stone double feature you get super bad and this super bad yeah well because super bad was well and that's another thing for me is like this I think this movie even if it wasn't like not not everybody saw it it wasn't uber uber popular but this put Emma Stone on the map as like mm-hmm. a, a leading actress for sure because super bad was her first film 
which is insane. Um, and then I think it was Zombieland, and then it was this. Um, and I think her audition was just the opening of her sitting in front of the webcam. Um, but I'm like, she absolutely carries this movie. Like, I, well, I can't. This is one of those yeah. things where I can't imagine anybody else doing this role. Like, it's she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's really great in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and super bad. She's only got a tiny part as well. And I don't. I honestly, I kind of remember this movie, but I think at the time it came out, it wasn't on my radar at all. So when Zombieland came around, I'm like, oh, that's the girl from Superbad. She finally has got like a bigger role. So I had no idea that this is kind of what propelled her on to where she is now. Yeah. So it was fun going back and revisiting something that like made her a star 11 years ago. Oh yeah. Well, on the uh, on the commentary. <laughs> It's just her and, and Will Gluck making fun of each other the whole time. And he keeps mentioning uh, her. I think he mentions once or twice. Uh, he's like, oh, the Spider-Man reboot. Because I think she had just been cast yeah. as uh, <laughs> as uh, Gwen. Is it Gwen? Yes. yes. Not MJ. The, the not MJ. Um, and so she's also making fun of her. So he's like, oh, doesn't she die at the end? And she's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of going back and forth where like clearly they both know that like her career is about to take off. And the movie of course hadn't even been released yet when they were recording this commentary so it was yeah. it was kind of nice to hear that they both knew that they had made something good <laughs> and then will will gluck the director uh a couple years after this he did the annie uh remake yeah oh, which gosh. isn't oh, as wow. bad as you think it could be yeah i don't dislike I, I, it i find it charming <laughs> i actually it, uh, but it's but it's annie how can uh, i can't but they added they added beats to all the songs it has to be good yeah sure and then now his thing is he he did peter rabbit and he and yeah he did the two peter rabbits uh, well the year after this came out he did that friends with benefits rom-com with uh, timberlake and mia kunis and i actually enjoy that movie i don't know i just like this movie i like it a lot there's a lot (laughs) and there's a lot of one-liners that i will just say to myself and um oh god what was it it's when she was at the party. This was another thing when she was like asking for a, a private room or whatever for her and Brandon. She was 20 at the time, so yes, not high school age, but also she had never been drunk. <laughs> so she had to act drunk. <laughs> they both and did I a always, good job of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, act, that's one of the hardest things to convincingly do is act mm-hmm. drunk. But, um, Just yell, I'm says, drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk bitches but the way around. she says Melanie Bostick is one of my I don't know I just that's one of those clips that's on repeat in my head at all times that and the uh, the my apologies to Mark Twain thing where Brandon runs off with the uh, the black oh, guy oh god I love right. that that was so much that was funny well and then it's funny I think oh yes cause um shoot I can't remember her name she's like a, a Disney Channel star but she just has that one line where she runs up to her in the street and says oh my gosh did you hear about this and then as she runs away Olive says to herself like oh my apologies to Mark Twain and then the girl runs back like did you say something because <laughs> like, yeah. the director's like I hate it when characters talk to themselves in movies so I kind of just wanted to do this to like, make it less awkward it was um uh, uh, oh god what was the uh, her character was Miranda from um well, I I I've forgotten the Camp name Rock? of the show. No, well, I, she might have been in that. The actress's name is Lelaine. <sighs> she looks so familiar. I would oh, I would know it if I looked her up. Andrew's uh, on the case. Lizzie McGuire. Why can't I? Uh, Lizzie, <gasps> the Lizzie McGuire. She's the show. best yeah. friend in Lizzie McGuire. Ah, uh, yeah. That's my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, okay, this is a very serious question, everyone. Yes. Pop quiz. Okay. Movie night. Are you picking the bucket list or the other Bolin girl? <laughs> the other Bolin girl. <laughs> the bucket list. The bucket list. I'm actually going to go with probably the bucket list on that one. Oh. I've never watched either one, but I'd probably rather watch the bucket list. I love how they're two, like, so... <laughs> they're like, two films that are geared towards people over 40. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, Netflix DVDs. Right. Remember those? That was a blast from the past. Yeah, uh, but to answer Andrew's question, I'm plucking my eyes out with a spoon instead. <laughs> well, actually, be preferable. Yes. Hey, oh, the no. other Bolin girl's not bad. <laughs> I'll, I have I'll take seen neither of those films. Yeah, I haven't either. Please put neither of these on our list. The thing about yeah, the bucket please. list that I remember the is that list. what was it? Jack Nicholson signed up for it because he thought they'd actually be traveling to the locations mentioned uh-huh. on the bucket oh, list, no. and then he was very upset to find it was all green screen. It was uh, well, yeah, because they go to like the Gobi Desert and a bunch of stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> do I have Fun, to answer? Do... Say again. Do I have to answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just not. thought it would be funny. Because okay. Stanley, I haven't seen his her. way of that scene is so funny the way he does it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I think I think a couple of those were jokes that he like didn't understand why they were funny, but he's like, all right, I'll just say it. <laughs> Amazing. I also really like the soundtrack of this movie, which is funny because there's only two minutes of actual like original score and there's 38 songs, (laughs) which is that's a lot of music to fit into like a just under two hour film. But I think like all the placements like work really well. They work better than a score. I think if it was scored, it would have been awkward. But I mean, it's 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 a a high school movie. It's like it's almost like you're listening to a radio. It's it's that kind of type of thing. And it's also a very John Hughes thing to have a lot of very John Hughes. And a lot of a lot of the songs were like covers of 80s songs. Like at the end, it goes into a cover of Don't You Forget About Me. Right. Which is from Um, a John Hughes movie. So, yeah, I think there was a bad a Joan Jett bad reputation cover. I don't think it was the original. Speaking of uh, John Hughes. Does anyone have a uh, a favorite that they'd want to mention? Since since this is all about well, John Hughes, I mean Ferris Bueller. You know, yeah. Okay, Ferris. I haven't seen yeah, all of. The, I don't think I've seen Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles. Those are the two I haven't seen. Which uh, means I'm gonna prefer Breakfast Club. Mm, good. Mine yeah. is Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love that one. Ducky. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent the Breakfast Club for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ferris Ferris Bueller was one of the first like movies I had on DVD, and that was like I remember that was such a big thing. I was like, I can watch this anytime now. Right. I, have no <laughs> I just had to Try, look. Up did his... you catch all the references? There were, there were actually a lot. The, there were a lot more than I lot. thought there would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The shower, of course. Shower. Yes. The Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she's badly playing the guitar and goes never had one lesson yep <laughs> honestly I'll i even take of, the um, i thought of the mark and brian morning radio show with that because they always used to take out these brass instruments and play them very poorly and say oh, never, had one, lesson. Yeah. never <laughs> had one lesson no you know i'll even take the um the, at the very end of the credits the the moan that you hear as a reference to ferris bueller oh, because if you watch yeah. the end yeah, of ferris bueller he comes out and he says you can go home. It's over. Yes. Why? Yes. What are you still doing? Here? Why are you yeah. still here? <laughs> Which they recreated in Deadpool, right? Wasn't it Deadpool yep. that did that? Yeah. Yes. That was God, funny. I love that. that. Makes sense. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was, you know, it was a fun movie. It's not one that I think like, oh, everybody must see this at some point, but uh, but it's good fun. Like if you came across it, we're like, oh, yeah, why not watch it? Then yeah, it's very enjoyable. I, I think for, for me, it shows, you know, so early in her career that Emma Stone, you know, has this voice and has this like ability to do like she this is kind of the character that she does this kind of like wisecracking little you know sarcastic type of thing but she it carries a movie she is the star Mm -hmm. of this movie it is her movie and it's you know an enjoyable movie like and it's kind of it shows that she had that that star power right from the beginning she's ryan reynolds female counterpart yes (laughs) <laughs> that and yeah it, that's a very good equivalent i think and it makes me like the dialogue this in this and everything in the way that she delivers it i'm like oh if this were the 1930s she'd be you know the queen of screwball comedy right like that there's kind of a, fast talking kind of oh, yeah there's a very funny interview i think she was doing press for it was it was like that that 30s la gangster, gangster thing with Gangster Squad, yeah. wow, on the nose. But but she was doing like press interviews for it, and somebody asked her, like, "Oh, were you excited to be cast in this movie?" And she's like, "Yeah, I heard it was going to be set in the '30s." And she was practicing like that uh, transatlantic accent. Or yes. And she showed up to set the first day, like, "I'm going to talk like Catherine Hepburn," and they're like, "No, you're not." <laughs> See, I'm like, oh, but she would have been amazing. They did yeah. like a remake of the Hudsucker Proxy. She'd be perfect oh, in the Jennifer Jason or role. like yeah. uh, His Girl Friday, like yeah. for sure. But yeah, it's it's definitely that that sort of and like I don't know. Speaking to whether it should be on people's lists or not, I think I think like I mentioned before, like if if you are talking to me and I find out that you have not seen this movie, I throw it at you because that it's one of those where it's like, what five movies explain your personality? Um, <laughs> this is definitely one of mine. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I liked it more, way more than I thought I was going to, because I don't usually go in for these types of movies. I mean, I, I loved all the '80s one, but I think I've I've been there, I've seen them all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I, I figure, oh well, the, let the new generation have their own versions of that. Um, so I, I this this movie never even came up on my radar before. I was just like, oh, it's just another one of those, you know kid high school movies <laughs> right and um but i really really liked it more than i expected so i'm, I'm, I'm I, glad you, you put it on the list i went into it with a little bit of a like i don't know if i want to watch this so yeah i was really <laughs> like oh yeah that was definitely worth watching i enjoyed it any any movie that cheryl brings up i always have that attitude and any right. movie that i bring up cheryl always has that attitude it's our <laughs> it's our tug of war keeps it interesting it does <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling I was going to like it just because I am an Emma Stone fan, uh, but I didn't anticipate it liking it as much as I did. Uh, but while it does make me want to go to Ojai, it makes me uh, never want to revisit high school ever, ever, ever. Oh, I ever, never ever, wanted ever, to ever. do that in the first place. <laughs> all those people wow. are like, if I knew what then what I knew now, I would do high school all over again. And I'm just like, no, why? No, yeah, no, why? It's, it's funny because the, so the, uh, Bert V. Royal, who wrote the script, uh, had never been to high school. He was homeschooled. Um, oh. And Emma Stone famously <laughs> dropped out of high school to go be an actor. So she had never oh. been to high school. <laughs> That's why they were having so much fun. They never That's had to go why they had it. a great time. Right. They were having yeah. their own little high school thing. Yeah. 
the way the students were reacting to her, you know, just staring at her, I'm like, what kind of school is this? Like, what, would they do? Do kids act like that now? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. And the I think thing. most of the extras were actually uh, students of that school. <laughs> it was oh, just, uh, it was during the summer. It was during the summer, and so they got to go be extras at their high school and get paid. Huh. <laughs> That's cool. The the thing, but that the thing that rang true with me was I do remember weird rumors that you would hear about people that mm-hmm. you never knew. Oh, I, for sure. Mm-hmm. I heard more things about people I didn't know than I knew things about people I knew. Like, it was, oh, yeah. sometimes yeah. I'd meet a person and I'd go, in my mind, I'd go, oh, right. Um, the, this person's nickname is the Wolfman. Like, it was just like, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know why I know that. And the embellishment. Like, like, you would hear a rumor, like, yes. on a Monday, and by Friday, you would hear the same rumor from someone else, and it was just like, and then he shot him and stabbed him and did this. And yes, right. just blown out of proportion. I went to a very small high school, not not public, but, like, less than 200 students when I was there. And I remember, I mean, yes, rumors every day, all day, all the time. But there was one particular one where... I think it was like a Tuesday morning or something. And I think school started around 7.30 or 8. And literally by 9 a.m., it had gotten so bad that all of the teachers, all right, okay, every student, we're going to the assembly hall right now. We're going to discuss this. Oh, my God. <laughs> which which wow. made it even worse because yeah. they didn't, of course, they didn't share any information about what had happened. But they're like, hey, we know you guys are talking about this. Um, you just like basically stop talking about it. We're, we're dealing with any repercussions that have to do with like school. Um, but it's like a personal matter between whoever's involved. And so they just made it worse (laughs) after that. It just started exploding even more. But I, I remember that happening and like feeling like I was in a movie. I'm like, do, do, do teachers do this? Like, I feel like they should just leave it alone. It was crazy. Yes, the other thing I quite I couldn't connect with was when the rumor did start, and for that little bit of time, she was reveling in it because I was like, "Yeah, from the time I was old enough to go to school until I left it, I did my very best to be invisible every minute right. of every day. Yeah. I was around right. those people. I do kind of wish Alex had been with us. I wonder if she would have gotten anything Ooh, out of this at all. Oh, she would have oh, died a thousand deaths during those fake <laughs> sex scenes. Yes. Oh my gosh, but that's she why can't funny. even watch kissing on TV, even like oh, animated. Okay. It's just like bleh, well, especially bleh. not with your parents there. Yeah, I would imagine because you know? your parents are in the room. I think she would have laughed at the the jumping on the bed scene a little bit. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, it was so funny. Well, I love when she when she like takes off the underwear and he's freaking out. What do you yes. think I have down there? A gnome? <laughs> <sighs> I like her outfits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a she weird way. Yeah. Well, that that was actually one thing that surprised me about the commentary is I think I think the the exactly what she was going to wear was kind of a last minute thing because they're like, oh, originally it was just going to be like really trashy and like wearing thongs, just like riding up her, her backside or whatever. And then one, like the costume designer, I would imagine was like, uh, let's put her in some bustiers. So like classy, again, classy mm-hmm. French hooker <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with all the sewn on A's. Right. For awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I do feel like the, the A was such a thing where it was like no one no one actually got what the A meant because it right. as, as they've just nobody read the book nobody right. read the book so it, everyone was just looking at her because she was wearing like a, a corset you know like yes right yeah 
Well, that's why I like when uh, when Thomas Hayden Church is like, I think you're taking the assignment a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> I love this diatribe about like, oh. if I have to read one more thing about her getting in the bathtub, <laughs> talking about the Demi Moore Scarlet Letter yes. movie. Yes. Right. <laughs> All of his lines, I, I think he, he did quite a bit of improv during the movie because they would just kind of let him go. But at the very beginning, when he walks up to the kids smoking, just starts like snapping his cigarettes in half. He's like, these lead to all sorts of unwanted things. <laughs> unwanted pregnancy, <laughs> mismatched tires on your car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I could have done with more of him in the movie, too. I, I really yeah, did enjoy it. For him. sure. I would love to see like any any sort of scenes they cut with him. I think a lot of the side characters I felt that way about. Like yeah. the parents, I wouldn't have minded yeah. another scene with them. Left like you even, wanting more, for uh, sure. Malcolm McDowell, like, yeah. as bad as his character oh, kind yeah. of was for the plot, it was like, he's funny. Like, he can mm-hmm. do it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Even, uh, yeah, Penn Badgley, like, he, his, you know, uh, oh, Todd, yeah. like, it would have been like, oh, that would have been fun with if Chuck there was Todd. two more scenes with him. But, yeah, yeah I think it's, th- that is kind of a smart move. For the movie to just it, mm-hmm. it gets in does what it needs to do everyone has a good laugh and we all get out and have a good time <laughs> and I, I did read uh Burt royal the <laughs> nice writer. analogy yeah, yeah uh, he had an idea this was going to be like the first of sort of a loose trilogy where he wanted to take some older classic stories and adapt them to this school so he was going to have some of these same oh. characters come back uh, he wanted to do uh, Cyrano de Bergerac and the Mystery of oh, Evan Rude, both yeah. set in the school with some people returning. So maybe there, he was lining up like these very cool ancillary characters who were going to turn into main characters for those other two, maybe. Yeah. Well, there is a spinoff coming. It's in development. It was announced in 2019, oh. I remember uh, seeing it on Instagram somewhere. Um, so I don't know if it's a movie or I think there was rumors there was going to be a TV show, but he, he oh, might wow. be doing what you're saying for sure. That'd be awesome. I would be interested. I really would be interested in seeing that. Yeah. There's also, speaking to Serrano de Bergerac, there's a Peter Dinklage musical adaptation of that coming out oh, very soon, which oh, I'm excited about. Wow. Curious. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear him sing. Yeah. And now I By the way, that was Emma Stone <laughs> actually singing in her pointless musical number. Oh, well, she's quite good. <laughs> My name's Elisa Gonzalez, and I can be found on Twitter at thisalisa. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I do other podcasts such as Nothing New, a remake podcast where my co-host and I talk about film remakes uh, and other, lots of other projects. Just look me up on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew, and you'll find a podcast that you're sure to love. I'm Bethany Brinton. I'm a musician and composer. You can find me on all the social things at Bethany Brinton. And we are It's On My List. You can find us everywhere at It's On My List Pod. If you want to send us an email, it's on my list pod at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you want to hear uh, clips from the cutting room floor. Uh, I uh, am Cheryl Jones. You can find me uh, across social media at Speedway CJ. You can listen to five years of Movies Made Me at mmmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And starting on September 30th, come down and visit with me at the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. I'll be working there. 
And I'm Joe Myers. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Joe Myers. I'm also a co-host on a horror podcast called The Podcast Macabre. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com or at podcastmacabre across social media platforms. And this has been It's On My List.